0: Are you cold?
1: Yeah, I don't know why. It's not even that cold outside, but I'm wrapped up in my quilt. What do you think about that? I'm a man with a quilt.
0: Uh, it's a pretty masculine quilt. It doesn't have, like, teddy bears, you know, on it or anything. It's a very masculine color scheme.
1: I don't see anything wrong with a man having a quilt.
0: No, if anything, it would be, why are you so young with a quilt?
1: You think ageism comes into play with quilts.
0: Well, you think sexism comes into play. I think more ageism. Age than sex.
1: I think quilts should be distributed amongst everyone because they aren't just functional; they give a, an ability to express your personality.
0: I don't feel like they make you very warm, though.
1: They serve the purpose.
0: Meh, it's just like a little bit of an extra layer. Most quilts are kind of thin.
1: Yeah, that's all you need sometimes when it's fifty-two degrees. It's not like you're out in the wind, and you're not.
0: T- yeah, but I want like a fluffy, soft something
1: it's probably perfect in the summer because uh it's light enough yeah it gets so hot last summer i didn't even sleep under the covers once i bought a new comforter in june uh and i slept on top of that thing i didn't open my bed from june to september
0: wow it's like a, a vault when you opened it
1: a time capsule yeah i'd put uh some food in there some chips
0: mm-hmm. smart Did an experiment with some McDonald's products to see what broke down faster. That's
1: what I was just going to say. McDonald's, the burger was preserved.
0: Yep. You ate it. It was delicious.
1: It looked exactly the same coming out as it went in.
0: Whenever I eat McDonald's, when I shit it out, it looks exactly like it did going in.
1: That's what happens with pudding with me. (laughs) Pudding? Mm -hmm. Chocolate pudding.
0: It just runs right through. It's barely processed.
1: looks the same. There's sometimes uh, I take Pepto-Bismol with the pudding to make it a little darker since, since Pepto-Bismol turns your poop black.
0: Black. Do, uh, does your tongue turn black ever taking Pepto? No. Some people have that because they're an excreter or something. You know, like the pe- some people don't get um, uh, newspaper ink on their hands.
1: I think this is a tale that bored wives because they had nothing better to do back in the day because they sat oh. at home serving the property of men. They didn't have anything to do, so they made up this story about ink.
0: No. You think people are... Women who don't have the right to vote are sitting around talking about excretors?
1: They're talking about, oh, did you know that some people don't get ink on their fingers? It just doesn't happen. And then they, it gives them something to do. Then they experiment, and they talk to all their <laughs> friends. On fingers... Read a real newspaper. Get ink on your fingers. Why does newspaper ink rub off? Can newspaper ink make you sick? I don't, I don't see one thing here where it says that some people that don't get any ink on their fingers.
0: Is it safe to eat newspaper?
1: <laughs> where would you hear this?
0: Um, from a very... Uh
1: the mom's board, a
0: very specific and oh, um, Cro- trustworthy source.
1: Yeah, the Crofton mom's board.
0: No, this is something from much farther back in my history.
1: Okay, what was it,
0: Michelle? <laughs> 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 hey, she knows a lot about things.
1: Apparently, not about newspaper. Are you texting her now? Hey, Michelle, no, what's she's the deal? Probably
0: asleep. It's, it is past nine o'clock.
1: <laughs> what's the deal with this newspaper ink? You lied to me.
0: You lied to me. Bong. Hold on. Some people. I'm going to write. Some people don't get ink from newspapers. What's the was, mechanism. Now This is confirmation bias because I'm, I'm searching for something specific. Well, what,
1: What's the idea of the mechanism that keeps it away?
0: It's because you don't have, you're not secreting something through your skin that would make the ink come off of the newspaper. When the
1: ink just comes off, think of Silly Putty. Not always. Think of Silly Putty. You put it on a newspaper and it picks that ink right up. You saying the Silly Putty's a secretor?
0: No. No. That's not an alive system that, that might...
1: But then why does it always pull ink up?
0: Because of the way that the... the, the, the whatever's in the Silly Putty. No. You can't put uh, Silly Putty on... Um, like a book... And get the ink off
1: of that. That's different printing process. Newspapers had to be done cheaply. You had to make so many of them every single day.
0: I understand.
1: You're still looking for this. All of the world's misinformation comes from old wives. <laughs> they just got so fucking bored with life that they just made shit up. And I, look, I don't blame them. I'm just saying that's where it came from. I blame the dudes. The dudes who said your job now is to sit around and do nothing. You raise the kids, and you make me food, and you make sure the house is clean. And for all your efforts, I'll give you my last name. Wow, thank you. What a gift.
0: Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher.
1: My name is Greg Russ, and you wanted to talk to our
0: friends in Japan today. Yes, because we keep uh, seeing the number of listeners go up in Japan and uh, at first I think it, it was a really low number. What was the first number that you saw there? Was it really just one?
1: I mean over the first few months that we did this show yeah, it was one or two downloads a month Yeah, and then last month I feel like it was 60 something.
0: What is happening? It's
1: spreading like the coronavirus over there.
0: <laughs> We're the coronavirus. If only people would take us Seriously.
1: Yeah, I don't take the coronavirus seriously. Maybe I should, but all these people are rushing out and getting supplies, and I'm the person who says, eh, whatever. No big deal. And maybe I'll get sick and die. Served me right.
0: It's hard to know how to react. This is not the episode, but it's hard to know how to react to this because it's like you don't want to blow it off and then— And die. And, yeah, and then it, or you're not prepared for the worst.
1: But you also don't want to go carry 16 rolls of toilet paper home.
0: You don't want to overreact.
1: Yeah. So anyway, in Japan, apparently we're really, we're really catching on. So maybe we could take a world tour over there and go, go do a live taping in front of a an audience of. Well, if we had sixty something downloads, it could have just been eight people who've downloaded all our episodes. Right. So right. it, you know, maybe we could get two of them out and do a live taping. It'll be like okay. la- Radio Labyrinth at that point, a giant crowd.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? that was a straight burn
1: nah nah that's just friendly joshin amongst okay, amongst shows that are pals
0: i would much rather do our show in front of a smaller group of people than a lot because i feel like if it were a lot of people then it would be like oh no you guys have made a huge mistake
1: i feel like doing but a two life... people
0: it's like oh you guys want to be here it's cool
1: yeah I, I i still think it's very strange to do a podcast taping in front of an audience
0: So there are some podcasts that do a really good job at providing a show, like Bitch Sesh. Bitch Sesh does, uh, they have like musical numbers. They have um, readings of scenes from reality shows on Bravo. Um, They'll have little uh, dance numbers. Did I say that already? (laughs)
1: You, you said musical numbers. Okay,
0: good. They'll have like little dances. But that, and stuff that, really then you're
1: cool. just doing a stage show at that point, which is fine. And that's great. And if you have an audience who wants to come out and see that, I would, I would be all for that. But just doing the podcast, if you were to do this show in front of an okay, watch no, but their us. show
0: is normally just a podcast with two or three people talking.
1: I understand what you're saying. But yeah. they're not actually doing the podcast at that point. They're doing a separate show that's being released as a podcast. And that's fine. Both. It's fine but for one, what would the topic be for that day? Variety show.
0: Yeah. It would be, um, our worst talents.
1: Well, showmanship. Yeah. This podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Here's my worst talent. Podcast hosting.
0: Yeah. Sorry.
1: Enjoy it. I hope you're, I hope you're having fun. That $50 admission. All right. But anyway, I want to
0: really, I want to recognize people in, in Japan who are listening cuz i think that's really neat.
1: Yeah, it is cool. Maybe we should go over there and scout out a theater. What do you say uh April 30th sounds
0: mm, good. Let me check my calendar. All right, i think i can do that.
1: All right, i'm not going to let this coronavirus stop my travel.
0: Konichiwa, Tokyo.
1: I'm not going to let it stop my travel. But if they cancel that flight for uh, this hypothetical visit to Tokyo. Yeah. This ticket that hasn't been booked at all
0: wink wink nudge nudge
1: if, if they cancel the flight i'm going to be very angry yeah so you know you know because i booked this not this non-existent ticket
0: all right we all understand. through
1: travelocity <laughs> so when you when you book through the third party site, sometimes they're a little more stingy and they steal your money and they don't want to give you refunds
0: they wouldn't do hypothetically they wouldn't do that
1: <laughs> so yeah hey japan listeners watch out we'll see you soon
0: what else do you know? How to, Do you know how to say anything else in Japanese?
1: No, it doesn't matter because that's not where you need to get to the topic. Sumimasen.
0: Oh, sumimasen.
1: Just excuse me. Anyway, yeah. so, so tonight's topic, today's one. topic, whenever you're listening to the show, we're recording at night. Yeah. But I know you're not supposed to timestamp these things because people could consume that at any time. well. <laughs> I'm sorry for making such an egregious mistake. Uh, God
0: forbid people know that we film that we uh, recorded this in the past.
1: No, it's live always. Yes, you're listening.
0: Well, it's live to tape.
1: Podcasting one hundred and one states. All right, what's the topic? It's your week to pick the topic, so you tell me.
0: I would like the topic this week to be parents.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> I I think it's a good topic. I I just feel as though you're wanting to unload.
0: Not unload you
1: you know, in some of our No, pro- I
0: unloaded in therapy. <laughs> this will be a filtered unloading.
1: I think you should unload here. This is what makes the show enjoyable for some well, people. Well, what are you
0: doing? Are you criticizing me for thinking that I'm gonna unload or do you so I don't know what you want. Do you I, want me to unload or you I, don't want me to sure, unload? Sure, I
1: would like for you to unload. I just said, Oh boy, here we go. Not that it's not a bad thing. Oh, okay. wasn't I was like, Oh boy. It was like, oh boy.
0: When I said filtered unloading, it was going to be an organized unloading and not just like, and then this, and then that like just complaining. I'm not going to be complaining.
1: So what, uh, what's got you going on this topic?
0: Well, I think we all have this idealized version of our parents, um, until we get to a certain age and then we realize that they really are just, you know, people. (laughs)
1: People who screwed up. Yeah. Depending on how bad they screwed up, the younger that realization hits you. If you're three and you realize that your parents stink, they really, really do stink.
0: Yeah, that's that's on them.
1: It took me until I was 37 till I started to say, "Eh, you know, my parents were good. And I always defended them and all my all the problems I had with myself. I, I in therapy and just talking to other people, I said, there's a tendency to blame the parents. I know. But in this case, you can't do it. It's not my parents fault. I created all this. It's all my own doing. But then you realize over the years, like, all right, there were certain things yeah but it took me a long time to get there, yeah if you're the the kind of parent who throws kid cuisine at your children every night, not even cooked properly, scalding uh, on the outside and
0: like the the brownie is like <laughs> molten lava, but the inside of the chicken is still frozen, yeah, eat that. There's a frozen center of the corn.
1: eat that, watch what's a popular kid show now, huh.
0: It's hard to tell. It's all over. Netflix, Hulu, Just name Prime, one. Puka.
1: Watch Puka. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone.
0: Um, so I think it's uh, something that everyone who is listening struggles with. Because once you find out that your parents are just regular people, <sighs> it's tough because you want them You want them to be better because they're the protectors of you for so long and you rely on them to be the rock or you hope that you can rely on them to be the rock in your life. And then once you get older and realize that they do have their own limitations, you know, that's a really hard thing to do, especially the way that I don't know. Uh, society expects you to have a certain type of relationship with your parents i mean there are parents that do really horrible things to their kids and their kids draw a boundary with them and say like yeah i just don't talk to my dad anymore it's been 18 years or something and they're like you have to see you know you should uh mend that relationship like that's your dad i think that's bullshit because yeah i would agree with that if like anybody can you know make a kid with someone if your parents are so
1: awful that you've gotten to the point where you cut them out then you you don't owe them anything
0: no but that's what but that but that idea right is pushed on you and so when you when you start to realize that maybe there are some things about my parents that bug me you feel like a bad kid you feel like a a bad um offspring well, let's, because that's because you don't appreciate them, them anymore. You're kind of upset with them for not being perfect.
1: What, man, let's, let's start with that. I don't yeah. think that it should be presented that your parents should be perfect. I don't know. Maybe there should be a class of some sort where they teach you early on. Your parents aren't perfect. Don't view them that way.
0: There but, needs to be like a college class.
1: That's too late.
0: No, it's not too late. That's when it's no.
1: For I you think, to t- for teaching kids, I think early on, the first class they ever take before they go to preschool. There should be a class. They, you know, your parents. They ain't perfect,
0: no, so don't expect you, them to be no, 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 no. perfect. And then at you that, go in, and, and then that you stage, don't know. That's when you need them to be perfect. No,
1: that, no, that's not when you need them to be perfect. That's when you need to start. That's just you need them to be attentive and do a good job and yeah. make you feel not scared. Right, it, but that's
0: when you need to. Okay, not for them to be perfect, but that's when you need to. As a kid, you need to assume that they're perfect.
1: That no, That's where the problem comes from because then it's ingrained at the beginning that you assume that parents need to be perfect and then uh, you're only disappointed later on when you realize they're not. And then when you become a parent yourself, you remember that. And you're like, well, I'll be the perfect parent. I remember mm-hmm. how disappointing it was when I thought my parents were perfect then I found out they weren't perfect, so I'm going to be the perfect parent. And then you do things like you forget to sign the permission <laughs> for your daughter's yearbook photo and now she's not going to have a picture in the yearbook and you say to yourself, oh my God, I'm the worst parent in the world. I failed miserably. That's what ends up happening. Collect yourself for for people listening. That was a true story I just told. Maybe Autumn had told me in confidence earlier today that uh, she had forgot to sign a permission slip for Ellie to have her picture taken at school. It was picture day, but because the, the slip was not signed, they did not take Ellie's picture, and therefore she will not have a picture in the yearbook, which...
0: Her kindergarten yearbook.
1: I understand. There's, <laughs> sen- there's a sentimental value to that. The picture will Anybody be in there.
0: Anybody looking for her, they're in high school, they go back, they're friends, and they want to go back and look at kindergarten. Whose class were you in? Oh, that person. Let's go find you. Oh, there's no picture. I
1: <laughs> I get that. First, what is this? You sign the permission slip. I, from what I remember, it had it was the other way around. Previously. I know that's
0: why I didn't do anything about it. The
1: parents used to sign a slip that says, "I don't want my child's picture taken." Otherwise, by default, you would get the picture taken.
0: Yes, and then and then you do the ordering of the picture. Yes, right? Like the picture, like the proof. So, is it's on there with like a watermark all over it. And then you decide. But this is like you have to decide what background they want. You can like pick a background for oh, them. OK. I didn't do any of it.
1: <laughs> Moving on from that, you made a mistake. There. The perfect parent illusion has already been shattered. I know. If it took this long for it to be shattered, then you're already doing a good job. Or if this is the worst thing that's happened, you're fine. All right, listen, I want to
0: start this. We've really jumped the gun. I want to start. (laughs) You
1: wanted to build up to that? Yes. You want, I was, I was, I was making my point that, uh, you know, no one teaches parents how to parent either. One, there's no way to be perfect because it's impossible because children are hellions. Yes, I know that. I, I, that's, you want to start there? We're going back to the beginning. So as a parent, thinking that you're going to be perfect, that's wrong approach to begin with. And, it's just something that people do because it's so easy. I'm not saying that people just do it all the time without thinking about it, but it is just something that's happened a lot over the course of human history. People have become parents. You just do it. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting into. And it's, ex- it's a weird thing because it's expected by society that you will settle down with someone and have some kids. So it's like, hey, here's this thing. Eh, you have it's no- not just that. Well, you have no clue how to do it, but you know there's pressure to do it. We're all expecting you to do it. And people in your family are going to be disappointed if you don't do it because they want to have some kind of ul- ul- uh, alternate relationship where they're not a parent, whether a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, some outside relationship because it's easier. And so, oh, look, there's kids, but I don't really have to take care of them. So then they say, have a kid, have a kid. Then you have the kid. And then you don't know what the hell to do because it's insane. Okay. It's insane to be responsible for some creature. A giraffe falls out of its mother's vagina and it lands four feet on the ground and it gets up and it starts walking around. And it's like the human to take care of that thing for 18 years, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes longer <laughs> because they don't leave.
0: All right. I feel like can you switch your brain and think of a less cynical point of view?
1: That's way. I don't think that is cynical. I'm not saying that having children is a bad thing. All I am saying is that if...
0: You're saying the reason why people have kids is because of some societal pressure, and that's not always the case.
1: That's not what I said sometimes. I mean, people make choices. They say they want this. It's something that's not an accident. Plain people do have kids that are accidents. But even people who go into a prepared don't have a clue how to be a parent. You can read books. You can do whatever the hell you want. You're not going to be ready for this, and no one teaches Well, because there you. is
0: no one way to be a parent.
1: No, but no one even tries to even teach you how to do it. Like, You'll figure it out. It's instinct. It'll just kick in. That's where I'm coming from in saying this, is that it's a thing that a lot of people do because it's relatively easy to do, to have the kid, to get pregnant, let's say. Yeah. I've never given birth. You have. I'm sure that's not easy, nor it's is not. it fun. <laughs> but it's something that happens. Like once it's but- there, it's happening.
0: It's weird how though, um how horrible it is, but then how appealing it is to do it again.
1: <laughs> Nature fooling you. Yes. Remember There's...
0: that? Yeah. I could describe horrible things and how it felt, but I'm still like, man.
1: It's like falling off of a bike, smashing your head on the ground without a helmet. Yeah. And then your body saying, That was fun, do that again.
0: Not fun. <laughs> just like I kinda wanna experience that again.
1: <laughs> it's ensuring the Human race survives. But yes. I, anyway, I'm, not, I'm sorry if it seems cynical. That's <laughs> not what I'm trying to to do because I do think there's much value in being a parent and raising children. Um, I just, All I'm saying is it's just something people are thrown into. So what the hell are you supposed to do? And maybe if there was some kind of class that was put forth that taught even parents that it's okay not to be perfect and just try to feed your kids things other than kid cuisine
0: <laughs> you're really shitting on kids cuisine
1: because <laughs> well, they were so disappointing
0: what I, was your favorite one
1: i hated them all when you, you see when you see the packaging and the stuff yeah. that comes you want them you say, that brownie
0: cool. was the best well i'm you know what i mostly got like hungry man or something the, the fried chicken one <laughs> that was <laughs> so good as a kid yeah.
1: Eating the Hungry Man.
0: I loved it. It was the fried chicken and then corn and then a brownie in the middle. And then what was on the left? Mashed potatoes. Yeah, it some, was so good.
1: Sometimes, though, with the Hungry Man, you wouldn't get the brownie because they would think this is an adult eating this. We're going to give you the the cobbler
0: sauce. Oh, we cobbler. Yeah. Fuck you. But I want that like molten lava brownie. That was not that was like Hard as a rock on the edges and gooey in the middle. It was perfect. I'm, and then the chicken was so good. It was really good.
1: was a good. See, my experience with frozen meals was they were awful. They were always a letdown, and that's why I'm shitting all over kid oh, cuisine. Oh, I
0: really well kid cuisine with the penguin.
1: Yeah, luring you in.
0: Yeah, and that. and the the uh, entree part was always like I don't know dinosaur nuggets and nothing like the hungry man fried chicken. <laughs> I wonder how much sodium is in the Hungry Man fried chicken meal.
1: It's the only way it has any taste It's the sodium. Same with airline food. Anyway, getting back to parents, where do you want to start with this?
0: Well, I was going to start it with my parents.
1: Okay. So it's you as a child and your parents.
0: Yeah. Um, I grew up with uh, both my parents. They're still together to this day. Um, We had a lot of fun. We sang in the car They exposed me to um, theater and musicals. We did a bunch of theater um, with our, it was, it was church theater, but it wasn't like crappy, stupid church plays, you know, where someone learns like the gift of the Magi or something. It was, you know, we did Godspell and uh, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. We did, uh, we did nonsense. Uh, We did, (laughs) it was, it was really fun. And so, I, um, I had a really good time with my parents growing up, um, as a teenager, I was still very, um, proud to be with my parents a lot of the time, you know, I, I wasn't the teenager that was like having them drop me off far away, uh, like at the mall, but don't hang out with me. You're gross,
1: which is so ridiculous. Everyone's got parents, mom, not everyone. So sorry for the anyone <laughs> listening who doesn't have parents.
0: We just lost I mean, so many. I mean,
1: you have parents somewhere. Maybe they weren't in your life.
0: Okay, yes. Uh, we know and saying. if
1: someone else raised you, then maybe you consider them your parents. But I, look, I, I'm not going to have foot in my mouth, foot in my mouth. Point is, what you're saying, someone's got some kind of parental figure. That, it's like, so if you're seen with yours and someone's making fun of you for it. Yeah, it's like, what like, the fuck?
0: Yeah, where you, are your parents? Yeah. These are... the. I'm here with my parents because they're here with me. If it wasn't them, it would be with your parents. So (laughs) shut the fuck
1: up. Yeah. What a ridiculous thing, but I bought into it, but you're saying it didn't bother you so much. No,
0: I really, I really wasn't bothered. My dad, if I was annoyed by anyone, it was mostly my dad. You know, he would, I would hear him tell the same joke over and over to different people. Um, I just little dumb things. Like even like the way he bopped his head to, music i remember um complaining about it to my cousin and i was saying like you know when you bop your head like this it's or it makes sense but when you do it like that like my dad does it's so stupid she was like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it was just because i don't know you had to it was that stage right where you just have to create distance between you and your parental figures
1: um, yeah, I think it's jarring if you realize you have something in common with your parents at a certain age. Like, wait, no, I'm not supposed to be anything like you. Yeah. So if your dad's listening to music and bopping his head and it's a song that you like.
0: Well, my. And you would bop
1: your head and you're like, hey, he's bopping his head wrong.
0: Honestly, it was like, I feel like, you know, so it was in the 90s. And there was a lot of that R&B sort of rappy hip hop 90s music, you know, that would be happening. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was like a cool way to like bop <laughs> your head and he did the opposite of that. It was so stupid. Yeah, and- it's like
1: the 90s joke of how a white person drives and how a black person drives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were just applying it to your dad and there's a cool way to bop your head in a Yeah. Now, what, yeah, what was the hip hop you're listening to? Bone Thugs?
0: Yeah, bone, boom boom bone. bone. They may at the crossroads. Coolio. Yeah.
1: Puff Daddy. Money and the
0: power, minute after minute. No, yeah. I always thought Puff Daddy was lame from the very get-go.
1: Well, that was when Puff Daddy was always featuring Mace. Mace would come in and pretty yeah. much perform the whole song, except Puff Daddy yeah. got credit for it. Maybe he wrote it. But he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mace. Uh, uh. Puff Daddy. And then Mace would take over. Nas, if uh. I ruled the world.
0: <laughs> what about, uh, this guy, uh. Who's that? Ja-ru! <laughs> okay. If You want to get it. It's Rule.
1: <laughs> I mean Outcast was that
0: uh <gasps> hell yeah, Outcast.
1: That was big when we were in the, in, in the 90s. But that that holds up.
0: Yeah, ATL e. e. Yes.
1: Yes. And then uh I dip, you dip, we dip.
0: <gasps> oh, oh my god. I put my hand up on your hip. When I dip, you dip, <laughs> we it dip, is. you put my hand up on my hip. How's wait? I, knew, I know all the words to that song.
1: Hot 97 Pert Fizz Ive. I wouldn't listen to V103. I listened to Hot <laughs> 97 Purnt Fizz Ive. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I'm just a squirrel. Uh, uh, this is my world. I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nuts. <laughs> what's up? Yo, DJ, when the party gets low, join this jam and watch that flow. Yeah. Oh, he talks about like, turn around, baby. Let me see you from the back. Yeah, I like it like that. Get up now. Roll those hips. Drop down. Double up on those dips. Freak nasty. Wanna see? Can y'all do this right? I put my hand up. On. I <laughs> loved that song. Do you remember the one that was like, but, bop, bop, chicken, chicken, bop, prop chicken. <laughs> Boy, please, whatever.
1: I like this This is, um,
0: uh, you nothing but a scrub, knowing that you ride with you, boy, you nothing but a scrub. And he's like, but she, oh, oh, okay. So he's she's saying, like, you're lame and you're trying to hit on me. And he's and she's saying, like, you're with your friend and you're a scrub. And he's like, but he was with me. That's when you was hating. And when I got up on your friend, you damn near fainted. I sure did. And my face stricken on a yak, not full of gold, but your mouth needs some tic-tac. And, she, and he goes, what you need some gum? Breath like some thunder. What you talking about? I want your phone number. Rock, bop, bop, chicken, chicken. rock, rock. open
1: I opened this yeah. vault. I like that um, it's all stored in your head still and it just came <laughs> spilling out the damn brook. But the way I you were dancing. I I'm getting hot. The way you were dancing and, and bopping your head.
0: Oh, was it so embarrassing? Was I doing it the not cool way?
1: Sure. If Ellie or Pete came in, they would have. Oh, my
0: God. So embarrassing.
1: It is what you just did. If they were older <laughs> and they saw you doing that as their mom, they would be highly embarrassed.
0: I'm sure. Sometimes I sing to them now and they're like, Mom, stop.
1: Well, yeah. Mom is old and she's in that closet recording this radio, this podcast. And the, <laughs> look at the way she's dancing.
0: I'll just go, bomp, bomp, chicken, chicken, bomp, bomp, oh, chicken.
1: brock brok, chicken head. I can.
0: Ellie, do you know what a chicken head is?
1: <laughs> drop me off. Far away, Mom. <laughs>
0: When is it appropriate to teach the kids what a chicken head is?
1: Uh, that's your choice as a parent. Mm. So going back to your parents, okay. you, had, you had fun. There was a lot yeah, of fun. fun. You were hanging out.
0: Yeah. Fun. Very important to me in relationships now.
1: I mean, that's the, the whole basis of your life is if it's not fun, I'm bored and I went out of here.
0: Okay. We don't have to characterize it like, I'm bored, I want out of here. How about, I don't feel as comfortable.
1: (laughs) Well, you're hiding behind fun then. Sometimes, sometimes
0: I'm not. Sometimes it's just like, hey, let's make this fun.
1: You're using fun as a shield from the harsh realities of life sometimes. So this is what your parents taught you.
0: Which, I mean, if they're going to teach me anything that may... Devolve into something not as healthy. It's not a bad coping mechanism to try and like let's just have fun. Um,
1: I guess arguments can be made. I I don't think that they purposely taught you that. Oh no no no, they were they just not. having fun with you. But well,
0: and not to give too much away, not to speak out of school, but their relationship is, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> They get along. Everything's fine. They're together. But it's not like um, it's deep because they've been together for a long time and experienced lives together. But it's not deep because they have a deep connection with each other.
1: This is how I feel. A lot of times people get old and they look back on their lives and they feel bonded, even if they had. And this isn't speaking about your parents. This is just in general. (laughs) Even if they they had a miserable time together, but they just stuck it out. Then it's like war. You've survived a war together. So, of course, you're going to be like, hey, look, we survived that. And then that becomes your bond at the end. But it's like you should have never gotten. People look at that and they "Oh, how romantic. It's like It was not romantic. Most of that life was probably spent in misery and disliking each other. Or could have
0: been spent in misery. And
1: resentment for one another. And then you just get to the point of like, well, we're fucking old. Yeah. So what what do we have in common now? All our you know, friends are gone. He knows
0: exactly how I mix up my coffee.
1: Yeah, my body has failed me. My friends are gone. What's left? You. Oh, look he's at all the seen, stuff we he did seen together. He's seen the
0: best of me and he's seen the worst of me. So we're gonna stay together.
1: Mostly the worst of me. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay.
0: So yeah, I don't I don't want to say that that like you said that was not a depiction of my parents. No, but, no
1: that just made what you said made me think of yeah some of these um, people.
0: So, you know, my dad, who is a lovely person, you know, his, his dad died when he was like 12, I think. Um, he doesn't really or hasn't ever really talked a lot about that, his experience of it. Um, if you do ask him about it, it's pretty brushed over. Um, that's just how he is. It's um, a big my mom,
1: traumatic thing to happen at a young age. Yeah.
0: And his dad did a real fucked up thing too. Instead of his dad felt like he knew he was dying, I guess. I don't even know what he died of. I don't know his name. Um,
1: Yeah, this has really been shielded.
0: Yes. Uh, He, instead of dealing and helping my dad through the process of losing his, like losing him at some point, he just started to back away and sort of abandon them so that they wouldn't be as sad when he died.
1: Which I can understand the desire to do that. Yeah. It's a sad thing for you to think about having to say bye to people. Oh, right. You know you're going to die and having to go say goodbye to everyone and go through the sadness and shed the tears. And, right. Um, but I think ultimately, while it's sad in the moment, for the people who survive, it's m- much more helpful. Because you don't feel abandoned. And I know it doesn't sound like that he wanted to abandon them, but it was just an avoidance. Like, I don't want to put them... He he probably didn't want to go through it himself.
0: Right. But that's the thing. So you're already dealing with someone who would do that and then wouldn't put their son's experience through something like that ahead of his own. So that's messed up.
1: Yeah, if you had (laughs) that, though. If you had that closure, I think that would be helpful. It's still a traumatic thing to happen. Of course, right. But you don't feel... I think... Already, if you're a kid, even if you say if a parent dies on you, you're going to feel somewhat abandoned.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even if it was a healthy,
1: hope, hopefully less, departing. yeah, hopefully less. If if there was a discussion, but I think some of that still exists. Though to have no discussion, yeah, that's that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, so that sort of influences his relationships as an adult, as a very much of an adult man. Um, and my mom was uh, sixth child out of eight, and she was the youngest girl.
1: <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm thinking of what she said earlier about how your body tells you, that was great. Have another kid.
0: <laughs> well, back then, you know, people,
1: uh, I know her that. mom
0: didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, her dad was an alcoholic and her mom was adopted under some very traumatic um, circumstances and con- the trauma sort of continued where Um, she was uh, she and her sisters or brothers or whoever were allowed not my mom but my grandma. She was allowed to see her own mother but not interact with her like not go to her. And so, what a heartbreaking thing to happen. And then she was adopted. I think weird things happened. I think she was separated from her sister. Anyway, so you're bringing those two people together with eight kids, my mom being the sixth out of the eight. Um, and then so she, they they had the seventh and eighth kid um, like back to back. They were like Irish twins. They're like 13 months apart. So my mom was very much lost in the shuffle. Unfortunately, she is a very anxious person. Just that her I mean, her chemistry is set to anxiety. So as a kid...
1: You're saying that's nature.
0: I think partly. You can be a more anxious person or a less anxious person. And then things happen to you that may increase that anxiety or decrease that anxiety or whatever, Yeah, but for her, I think that
1: predisposed and then nurture can pull it out more.
0: Well, I think she was predisposed and then because she was so lost in the shuffle that there was no one there to help her navigate those feelings of anxiety and that has really influenced how she navigates her own life today. So. None of this was really, I never really considered all of that until very much recently. And how their lives have affected them, which affects their relationship together, my parents, and then affects their relationship with me, which then affects my relationship with my relationships all around me.
1: And your kids.
0: And my kids.
1: And I think you're a good parent from what I oh, know. Oh I'm
0: not saying and I and I'm not saying that they were bad parents. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm a bad parent. No, but
1: but when you say it affects like but that's the way yes. That is the way it goes. So let's just look well, at Well let that.
0: me let me let me connect the things together. Okay. So what what I get annoyed lately with my parents is that why aren't they trying to be better? And it's because I want them to be the stronger and the wiser and the rock in my life. And in a lot of ways they are, but in some ways they aren't like mentally. I feel like they're not as like stable as I want them to be. Um, and I feel like I'm a little bit more s- stable than they are mentally. Like I'm trying to better myself and I feel like maybe they're not. And I feel a couple things. One I'm putting a lot of pressure on them to be perfect. You know, I'm having a hard time accepting them as just, this is where they are. This is where they want to be. It's not my responsibility to try and get them to change or grow. They I'm having trouble accepting them just as they are. Um, And not because I'm mad at them for it, or I think that they're weak or something, but more like I just want better for them. And then I and then I put that same pressure on myself like with my kids. I am very familiar with the experience of being a kid and being around my parents who maybe maybe at times I didn't feel like I could depend on them in certain situations as far as like you know something would give my mom anxiety and then I felt like I needed to handle that. No one gave me that job. No one expected that of me, but I I assumed the role. And so I'm connected with the idea of how kids feel around adults who are anxious or you don't feel stable around or something. And so I feel like I always have to do, I always have to perform a certain way with the kids, which sometimes results in me (laughs) pushing things aside, being cool, pretending like everything's fine with them. And then I blow up instead of like slowly releasing the valve the valve explodes off because I'm trying to play it cool for them and be better.
1: Which you don't need to do. I know. I think but
0: if, you really your, if you present yourself, if
1: you present yourself as an actual person who has feelings and moods and is affected by things, that's going to teach your kids in the long run uh, more than, always being cool or being perfect because then that sets unrealistic cool headed is what I mean when I say cool okay but it still sets unrealistic expectations about what it actually is to be a person
0: and I would say that I feel like I I do have more subtlety than that the majority of the time but there are times when I'm like in a more compromised state where it's like maybe I didn't have a lot of sleep maybe I'm getting sick maybe my period's coming I don't know it's there's there's Factors that make me less able to sort of slowly release the valve throughout the day, <laughs> you know,
1: those are real factors. Those are all parts of your life. These are things that come into play probably quite often. Yeah. And so trying to resist them.
0: Uh, I, just I want to be better.
1: Well, you can always strive to be better. I don't know what exactly that means in your situation, either. but you need to figure out what that means. I, there's this idea I think quite often that you talk to kids openly and honestly and like dad they're too young they don't understand that and I wish I had an example at this point but um maybe they don't quite understand it but I think if you start introducing that stuff early on and you explain things for what they are like hey I'm a person and I'm I not the perfect
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: and I have flaws and uh well
0: maybe- that's the big thing about you know, when you do explode that, you do go back and apologize for anything that you think you need to apologize for to show them that you are human and you make mistakes also, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but does describing maybe how that happened do something? Sure, with a five-year-old, do they get it? No, I don't know. Hmm. But I mean, thinking of your dad, if you were capable of talking about his dad openly with you and maybe why it's affected him and made him a certain way, and he started that when you were younger, and you had conversations about it, real conversations. Yeah. Um, at some point, you would be able to piece things together. When you're really young, maybe you don't understand it so much, but you've had those conversations and they linger, and something gets into your brain, and it teaches you, you know, what it is to be a person and how you can be affected by things, and then you don't grow up expecting your parents to be perfect. You still want them to be the parental figures and set examples and mm-hmm. lead and i think that is setting an example by talking openly and talking about how certain things have affected you and made you a certain way and how you're aware of it and hopefully you'd like to work on it but you don't need to be perfect but you set this example of uh you know self improvement and then it's you know whatever shortcomings that you may find in your parents the fact that they've talked to you about it openly yeah and they're putting in the work that's the example it's like oh well wow. And then I yeah, like, yes. because
0: then you see them.
1: Well, that's where wisdom, I think, comes from yeah. is self awareness and and working on yourself. Like, what more could you really want to teach your kid? Self awareness it goes a long way. That applies to so many realms of life. You want to teach them to be polite. You want to teach them to be aware of others and take other people into account. All of that comes out of self awareness. Yeah, if you can instill that pretty early on, um, you know. I think flaws don't matter. Being perfect doesn't matter. But some people avoid that. And maybe it's hard for them to talk about. And again, that's when I was ranting earlier about parents thinking they need to be perfect. I, like, it's, I think that's dangerous. Maybe may danger is too harsh a word, but it's not good.
0: No, it's not helpful. No. Yeah, it's not dangerous. It but it's can not be. Helpful. I think
1: it could be venture into danger depending oh, on how of course. extreme it is. Well, yeah, then you
0: create, if you, if you have a too high of a bar set for yourself, then you've probably set that bar too high for your kids and then you create eating disorders and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but danger as an umbrella statement and a, sure. a, an umbrella adjective is not you know the best way to go. But, you know, I think about my parents and I, I really did think they were good parents. Uh, growing up, but the the I guess one of the things I've come to realize is, you know, I would close off and not talk about things with them. And they never pushed me to actually do it, which as a kid, I was grateful for. I was like, thank God they just leave me alone. But you get older, like that's kind of strange. I, you (laughs) know, I'm acting, I'm going to the room, closing the door. And I know that some of this is normal, just child behavior, especially as you go through adolescence. But, you know, I, I feel like I was always a pretty sensitive kid and I didn't know what the hell to do with my emotions. And I quickly just started shutting it down and, you know, I, I was smart and I could explain things away with logic and that became Mm -hmm. my coping with it. And, uh, you know, I think some people are very good at shutting down emotions completely though, but I never was. They were there and they affected me. Right. And they would seep out. I've, I've made this. Uh comparison before it's not like a volcano that would b- the pressure would build up and it would blow up that wouldn't happen, but you know enough pressure and then like cracks open and lava seeps out, and it still burns shit around it like I feel like I was more like that. There were never big blow ups, but I was like, eh, yeah, the emotions are in there, and that there's the the stuff seeping out, and you know and the fact that my parents just kind of left me alone
0: would the things seep out and they would see? the result of that and still not do anything?
1: Maybe. It's hard for me to think back Mm -hmm. on it now. Um, It's not to say they didn't try. I would just always shut as like, you know, what's wrong? Nothing. And then it would just kind of leave it at that. So it wasn't neglect, but it wasn't, no, no, you need to talk to us. And I think that came out of this idea that they just wouldn't understand. That's like, I'm not, they don't understand me. So why should I even bother trying to explain?
0: Well, and you didn't really understand you.
1: No, I didn't. Uh, but, you know, one of the most frustrating things I encounter still to this day is when I feel misunderstood because I'm trying yeah. to explain something to someone and they don't get it and I just get so frustrated and I'm like, forget this. I, I'm not. You want to
0: go back to your room and shut the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, feeling like your parents aren't going to understand you. I. That's playing right into that whole system. It's like I'm not going to share anything. So maybe if, somehow that was recognized and they were like, all right, well, we got to figure out a way to, to make it Connect. so. Yeah. That it could have gone a little differently. But, you know, as I've grown older, my mom's anxious. And so I think predisposed anxiety yeah. I have. And, and your then,
0: dad might be too. Well, my dad, he doesn't sit still long enough to.
1: He's anxious in his own way. He's not emotionally yeah. anxious. And when you need you know, someone stable because you're doing something in your life that scares you uh, or something you're worried about and you want to talk to someone about it. He's good at All right, well, you're doing this and you can do this. And it's not going to be, you know, I I bring up when I got my first apartment in Manhattan, which at the time I wasn't making that much money. And it was $1,200 a month, which was cheap for living in lower Manhattan and Greenwich Village alone. But for me, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And I remember... I signed the lease, and I was worried, and I called my mom. I was like, ah, oh, this is a lot of money. She's like, that is a lot of money. How are you going to do that? And I was like, oh, God, this is not what I need right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so this is the last.
1: That's not why I called. Like, I expressed my concern to you, and I don't need you to go along with it right now. I know if I called my dad in the situation. It's like, "Well, oh, it's fine. He's like, yeah. you, you can handle that. I was like, yes, thank you. I know I can. That's what I need to hear. Right. Um, so over time, I realized I started avoiding my mom when it came to discussions like that. Because I didn't. I don't want to deal with this right now.
0: Yeah, well, because then you end up taking care of her feelings about what's going on when you were going to her to take care of you.
1: Yeah, which I don't have the bandwidth to do in that moment. Since right, this is stupid. Why am I even on the phone with you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, what do you do at that point?
1: I don't.
0: You like stay on the phone. (laughs) You're like, okay.
1: I guess shut down mentally a bit. Um, No, my dad, growing up, his dad drank a lot. Um, You know, I didn't know my grandfather to be an alcoholic because he had a heart attack at like 58 or 59 and uh, changed his whole life around at that point. Hmm. And he lived to be like 86, 87. So he had a good 30 years after that, but he stopped smoking, stopped drinking. But yeah, apparently growing up, he just drank a lot. And, you know, I... From what I hear, he wasn't a mean drunk, but it still causes problems in a family. Of course. And so my dad would just busy himself with just anything. He played on like three soccer teams, Mm -hmm. just stuff to stay away from the house. And that carried over. Like I've never known him to be able to have just a lazy day. Right. Where he just sits around and does nothing, which in itself, he didn't ever say anything, but it made me feel bad because there were plenty of times like, I don't want to do anything. I want to be lazy today.
0: Right. And, and then, then no. you see someone like with their motor running.
1: <laughs> yeah. Constantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that instills some feelings too. It's like, oh, I feel like a real lazy.
0: Does your mom chill out?
1: No. No, I guess not really either. It was the thing. She never, she didn't work. She worked sometimes, but, you know, she was raising us, me and yeah. my sisters. And it but was what like, about now? It's like the house is always clean. Yeah. No, she can't chill out. Now yeah. that my sister has kids, so she just buried herself in the grandkids.
0: Yeah, anxious people can't sit still because it's too difficult to sit with any feeling that may come up.
1: But if they were, you know, if there was talk about them being anxious, like, "Oh, look, I'm anxious," and these are things, yeah, I would have better understood it.
0: Well, that's the thing. My mom is good at talking about what's going on. You know, when we talk about things, like I, I've everything I've said in this podcast about her, I've said to her face. And she doesn't take it as insulting or she doesn't like double down and defend it or whatever. Like she's, she's open to talking about it and thinking about it. And maybe that enables me to feel like I can explore my own mental um, illnesses. Nope. (laughs) My, my own mental states, I guess, and not put a lot of judgment on them
1: <laughs> yeah but i feel like what's happened now that you've put in some work and you're starting to understand things now frustration is growing with your mom while she's been good at
0: it's expressing been, no, no. Bef- it b- before i was way more frustrated with her because oh you understand I didn't, it better
1: i, I but yeah. I, I feel like you get a little more frustrated now that she's you want her to change things so now right. she, you can understand it better now it sounds like yeah. And so maybe some of that frustration has gone away, but it, I feel like sometimes when you talk about it, it's a uh, switched a bit so that now you're just frustrated that she is aware of things, but yeah. isn't taking the next steps.
0: And it's not up to me. No, you it's know, it's not, it's, it's not my responsibility to get her to do that. Um, I'm not going to call her up and tell her that I'm disappointed in her not doing it. Like I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going to do any of that. No, but you still
1: want her to, like you said, you want your parents to be the parents. You want them to be a little more advanced and ahead of you and things.
0: Yeah.
1: And what I've realized with...
0: That's an unrealistic expectation, I'm sure.
1: What I've realized with, you know, my parents is as I've gone to therapy and have a better grasp on these things, I am introducing things to them. Yeah. And, you know, my dad's much more receptive to it, surprisingly. I thought he was this stoic guy who, you know... He was always emotional when he needed to be, and he didn't, like if I was in a situation where I felt like I wanted to cry, but if other people were around, I wouldn't do it, but he would cry in front of people like a friend died and he would cry and things. And so it always seemed that part seemed very healthy, but for some reason in my mind, it's like, yeah, it was this, I never gave Maybe him. Maybe he ch- didn't
0: sit still long enough for you to get a good read on his emotionality.
1: Well, yeah, I never gave him a chance to even show that he could understand because he's, he's, you know, really, uh, when I introduce things, curious about them and mm-hmm. explores them. My mom's being a little more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks she knows best. That's, I mean, her dad died over about a year ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the way that happened, it was some of the hospital and they probably, probably didn't have to die, but there was some treatment that they didn't, they didn't treat him properly. And you know, it's, it's that's hard, I guess. When someone dies unexpectedly, and you want to blame someone else, and yeah. uh, but you know the things that she needs to do to move past it, she doesn't necessarily. She did work on the things a little bit, and then just like, no, never mind. I know how to do this myself. Yeah. So it's it's tough. But you know, being the the person who introduces this stuff, yeah, introduces different ways of thinking and, and understanding. It doesn't bother me. I'm not saying it bothers you, mm-hmm. but I know the desire for your parents was like, hey if I can figure this stuff out, <laughs> yeah, then surely you can. Cause I've, I've, I felt like a lost cause for a long time, you know, and, and going back to parents, there's a reason. Well, one, I've never even had a, a lasting relationship to get to the point where I would have a kid with a person, but I always knew I was like, no, no, no kid, no kid. <laughs> because I, I felt like a child. I was like, I'm a, ch- I, I always was very, aw- I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be as a parent, but I knew that I wasn't it. <laughs> like I wasn't <laughs> yeah. at the point. I wasn't at the point where it's like I'm not there. So whatever it is I wanted, I'm not there. So no, I have no interest in having kids right now because, yeah, that's something I would like to do as best to my ability, um, and hopefully raise some well-rounded kids who can yeah. navigate the shittiness of the world. And I know <laughs> it's not all shitty. I just say that because there are good things. But, you know, I think that's what people don't teach so well is that there is shittiness. And it's like, hey, yeah. it's okay that there is. The good things can exist. It's not always going to be good. But if you know how to navigate these shitty things, you can get more of those good things.
0: I try and do that, but also preserve their innocence, obviously. Um, I mean, five and three is not a time to tell them about, you know. The coronavirus or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um,
1: one of the things that's not going to mean anything to them. So if you did no. anyway.
0: But uh, I do it in little ways. Like, um, I think we saw someone smoking or maybe someone she smelt like Ellie smelled someone smoking or whatever. And she talked about how, like, Grandpa smokes. And she's like, why does he do it? He's like, she's saying how bad it is. And like, that's really bad for him. Why does he do that? I was like, some people smoke. <laughs> You know, I wasn't like, yeah, because... You know, it's bad that he smokes. Like, I didn't try and push that.
1: (laughs) The real answer is people are young. And when they're young, they don't think bad things will ever happen (laughs) to them. And you start (laughs) smoking because your friends smoke or it's cool or it's something that's enjoyable. And you keep saying, I'll just do this for another year. I'll just do this for another year. or I'll do this for 10 years. And then I'll quit after 10 years. But then the 10 years eventually comes and you don't actually give it up. And you say, "Okay, well, I'll quit next year. And then the year passes, you know. And so it just continues like that. And next thing you know, you're old and you've been smoking so long, you get sick and you die. That's the real (laughs) answer, Ellie that's but
0: that's I, listen i don't mind that answer that,
1: but that's the that's the way it happens when you're young you don't think bad thing's are gonna happen so you do yeah. things we know smoking's bad but you do it because you're young you're like <laughs> who cares
0: some people never stop <laughs> for that reason yeah just keep going
1: and you just keep doing it and then at some point more than likely something bad is going to happen and that's why you shouldn't start in the first place uh, well,
0: I told her literally some people smoke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, but it doesn't. <laughs> I wish you had told her my answer.
0: Yeah. Well, you can tell her
1: sometimes. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay, but yeah. she's like, young, oh. but you say something like that. And then I think at some point like, oh, yeah, I got that answer. That was a real answer.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Because there's no other reason. There's I mean, no other... my
0: answer is a real answer. It's just a simple
1: Just some answer. people smoke.
0: Some people smoke.
1: Yeah, but she knows it's she already knows it's bad yeah so it's like why if some Some people people even
0: they know it's bad for them but they still smoke I think I said something like that
1: I know but that that leaves so many or leads to so many more questions like but oh that doesn't even make sense logically yeah so then you have to introduce the other I'm I'm not critiquing your parenting (laughs) sometimes I'm sure that if I were around kids all the time I wouldn't want to give answers like that all the time like ah I'm just Uh, that's uh, true
0: it's (laughs) exhausting
1: I'm tired some people just smoke
0: yeah (laughs) Maybe that's where I was meant to be. was tired.
1: I think it's easy for me to sit back, yeah. armchair parent. It's
0: like, yeah, of course,
1: I would constantly say this. Like, oh no, the constant bombardment, and it's yeah. like, oh, if I give mom,
0: mom, <laughs> what? That's the worst. When she's like, she's asked me a billion things, and then she's like, mom, I'm like, what? She's like, I love you. Fuck, I love you too. Till-
1: Yeah, so I say, you know, everything I say on this episode, uh, I'm sure it's easier said than done as a person who doesn't have kids, that in theory, I say All your
0: experiences from being the kid.
1: Well, I've dated someone who had a kid before, and I spent time with the kid, and I learned. um, But no, I think for me to be a good parent, I needed to know myself and understand myself more. Because who the hell am I? Because you're supposed to be a guiding figure. It's like, who the hell am I to guide someone if I can't even guide myself? So no, I don't want kids, like right now.
0: Well, I'm trying to better myself so that I can help my kids navigate the world Differently than my parents helped me because my parents didn't do a bad job, but there were things that have affected my life now in my relationships that I would like to do differently with my kids. Um, not to say that I'm not going to fuck them up in some unique way, which maybe I will, <laughs> and, and then they'll have a podcast talking about what I should have done, <laughs> and that's well, fine.
1: Life will. Life introduces so many questions and situations yeah. that you need to cope with and kids invent their own coping mechanisms and yeah if you don't have the connection needed where you can pick up on that or they feel comfortable talking about you can't help them with that so they yeah. uh, will
0: that's the thing my parents at my mom was always open to like whatever I needed to say to like to her or whatever that's always been there the anxiety thing for her it triggered something in me that made me feel like I needed to take over for her. And that's where I've taken that kind of thing into my relationships, which is overall not so good.
1: You just want to be the person who, I don't think you want to be the person who takes control, Mm -mm. but that's what you're used to. It sounds like,
0: yeah, it gives me a role. It gives me a place in the world because I guess it's what I did when I was young. And then, like I said, the the relationship between my parents can sometimes be, you know, something that is, you know, uh, not a river that runs that deep. So...
1: When they say your your relationships with your parents are reflected in your, you know, romantic relationships quite often. Yeah. It's just because there's that bond of... Family it, and closeness, it feels familiar. And love, and yeah, there's the there's the familiar part of it. I mean, yeah. you could say that one of the big things in my relationship was I just never trusted anyone to understand me, so I just didn't ever open up. I was like, Meh, you won't get it.
0: Everyone was your parents, not yeah. understanding you.
1: So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even try to talk to you about it. Yeah. So yeah, where's that gonna go? Nowhere.
0: And I was looking for, you know, fun and a job. <laughs> it's true
1: <laughs> you just want, you know you just want fun
0: and give me a job
1: and i have a role in this ro- relationship yeah
0: and i have a role i need a specific role what i yeah that's yeah that's what i looked for
1: i mean one of the roles in my relationship which i forged myself this wasn't through my parents but maybe through having an anxious mom I had to learn to become understanding of it but it was more so my own anxiety so when I dated anxious people I could provide the role of being the person who was understanding and patient it's like I get it Mm -hmm. I understand
0: but then that suppressed a lot of what you needed or uh, suppressed any chance for you to express a need because of how it might make them feel because you're supposed to be the understanding one and the one that doesn't push them in any way that makes (laughs) them anxious yep yeah
1: That's where it comes from, I guess. My uh, relationship with my parents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I've started to push them. And, uh, you know, that'll reflect in other relationships.
0: Yeah. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yes. I guess we shall see. So, anyway, I think uh, you, because you were very upset about this picture thing today. Ugh, and I yes. get it, but you don't need to be perfect.
0: It's just so unfixable. I talked to this I, I talked to I emailed the teacher and I asked if there was a makeup day, and she said, no.
1: that's weird too i
0: I want to ask I want to call the school and say, could like I send in a picture from when she was like her previous school picture or whatever it was maybe from uh her daycare, her pre-K All
1: right, well, that I think would be good parenting. You screwed up. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't think you're an awful parent. And if you can find a solution, then there you, you did your job and you're actually a very good parent. Even if you just try and there's not a solution, you still went further than maybe a lot of parents would.
0: I know there's I think that there's some I I, I don't know what it is, but something about, you know, if you're looking into being a good parent, you're already a good parent.
1: Yeah, self-awareness, thinking about yeah. it, wanting to improve. It all boils down to. I don't know why it's so difficult. It's difficult. Because it's
0: constant and it's changing mm-hmm. constantly. Because the kids are changing, their needs are changing. It's.
1: It's a good test because <sighs> everyone's needs are constantly changing. It just happens more at an accelerated rate, probably with kids, or it's more obvious.
0: Oh yeah, like Pete is, you know, just turned three. He's a month into being three, and two months from now he's going to have a whole new different set of abilities and. It's all gonna change in like two months. Everything changes so quickly with them.
1: Man, nah, it's the same thing that needs to be applied to other relationships. People's yeah. needs change, relationships change. If you can be flexible.
0: Yeah. Allowing them to change. Yeah. And keeping up with it too, not expecting them to always be the same forever. It's a good point.
1: There, so you feel better.
0: Yeah, I do. You Thank missed
1: you. you missed the photo up, fine. You'll be yeah. alright. The kids will be all right. Maybe. Um, or maybe it'll really screw Ellie up.
0: Like this. I is never the, got a kindergarten picture. This is the She's, moment she like, cites
1: on in therapy or in her podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: My mom fucked up picture day in kindergarten.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, Ellie. Uh thanks for listening to one topic. I hope you guys liked this episode. I really wanted to pick a topic today that um a lot of people would connect with so i hope it connected with you and like and subscribe write and review and uh listen for hey the, yeah maybe if you have any ideas for topics could we solicit that kind of thing maybe if you want to go to our facebook page or
1: sure i mean we did uh, we've still we've taken a topic suggestion once it's yeah become somewhat of an infamous episode um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. If uh yeah, if you have any ideas of um a topic you'd like us to cover, I would uh be really interested to know what it is. Get in touch with me on social media or us through one topic uh Facebook page or I think we're on Twitter. You can email us. I think it's one topic oh one at Gmail. Whatever, search for it, find us. You can get in touch with <laughs> it us is, and tell it us. It is oh one. Okay.
1: At Gmail. One but topic yeah. O1 Zero, Thank one. You. Zero, one.
0: Zero one. not L M N O P one. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce?
1: You know, I do like hot sauce. But I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas or Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts. A company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible. And a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm-mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot.
0: Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once. Not twice. Three times. Three
1: times!
0: How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing.